This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 709 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. Today it's Good Neighbor, Richard Lyons, his firm, Lyons Title and Trust. Richard, how you doing? Doing great. Well, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, what I love about what we do, sharing the story, and there's a lot of sh- stories in Southwest Florida, and some stories have deeper roots than others, but they're all important. And, uh, you know, you've got some deep roots here. So uh, let's start first, Richard, with your company, Lions Title and Trust. Fill us in. Well, our family's been doing real estate closing since 1965. Um, right. My father, an attorney, left New York and moved to Fort Lauderdale. Um, he had been stuck in the massive black gathering. I think it was 1965. And he, that was it for him. He grew up in New York. He <laughs> said, I'm moving to Florida. And he packed up his family. I was four years old at the time. And wow. he came down. Um, he got a job, big law firm in real estate in Fort Lauderdale in 65 was king. That's where his opportunity was. Um, and so he practiced real estate law, his entire practice. I personally um, had been practicing law in Tampa after law school. And in 1998, I moved to Naples because real estate was taken off. Opportunities were here. So my practice circled around real estate and did closings. Um, and then 2003, I decided to open my own office and said to my father, why don't we do it together? So the two of us then created Lions Alliance PA. Um, and we did mostly real estate closings representing developers and also people buying and selling um, residential homes, a lot of commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. And that led us eventually 2015 to um, open up a title company. Um, because there were many benefits there and a lot of people preferred to work with title companies rather than law offices. Um, this allowed us to do both um, and grow more. And then my son joined the firm after he graduated Alabama. So we were really a multi-generational, as we say in our yeah. commitment to service in our family in the real estate business. Wow. What, what a journey. And, um, and geez, Kind of all over the state of Florida. I mean, the East Coast, the the uh, the Tampa area, now Naples. So you got down here at age four, and and was was this was law and this side of uh, you know the the business what you always envisioned uh, as a kid? Did you just kind of naturally grow into it? Um, no, that's a whole other long story. Uh... Yeah. I had everybody in my family telling me I should go to law school, but I decided I, my first career was playing guitar in a band. Um, nice. And I, <laughs> I had promised my parents, though I didn't think they believed me that I would, if I didn't make it with a big record contract by the time I was 30 years old, I'd go back and finish up. So when I turned 29, um, wow. I'd had, as much success as you can have without having a record contract. I really didn't want to see myself playing Rolling Stones cover songs at the age of 40 in Joe's Bar and Grill. I mean, nothing wrong with that, but uh, I knew I'd have a harder time paying for my kids um, the way my parents had paid for me. So I went back to school 
And well, that that was a commitment, life. though, to the to the band. There, to, if, if we'll jump to the school part. I'm intrigued by. Uh, so, so where did you guys play? And uh, was it a kind of local or regional, or were you? Did you get on the road? Well, um, I played guitar since I was seven years old. Yeah. So when I went to school, um, when I was 18, I, I started studying music. Um, because I played contemporary music, um, it's not really a study area for most schools. Mm. So I'd have to do that on my own, but I'm studying music classes and I gravitated into a music program. Mm-hmm. Ended up having a chance to study with one of the top guitar teachers in the world. And really? then taking that with me in 1984, I moved to Boston where I knew there, there was a market for original music. Mm. In the mid 80s, if you played your own song in most clubs in South Florida, you were fired immediately. They always tell you, you're only playing cover songs here. Really? We want to hear all the MTV songs. We don't want to hear your personal stuff. <laughs> um, and that was all the <laughs> club owners. So, so I moved to Boston where they actually showcased original music. And I was yeah. there for four years. Wow. Wow. Neat story. All right. So you said, okay, I, I did everything I could in the music world. Time to go back to uh, my roots and, uh, you know, pick it up from there. So age 29, you. I went back to school, um, finished my undergraduate degree. Then I went to University of Florida for law school and MBA school. I um, spent four years there. And then out of there, I worked a couple years for, um, the New York Yankees. Um, I had a chance to uh, be in-house attorney for them. Oh and, my goodness. You are full of surprises, Richard. Jeez. So it was great. I was there when they got back to the world series in 96, when Joe Torrey was hired. Um, it was kind of cool. I, I wasn't any star participant. I was just there. So I was able to see everything. And yeah. um, my family, my father's from the Bronx. So we grew up big Yankee fans. So it was so, so nice being that you work for the Yankees, you, you must know George Costanza then, right? Well, I was there at the same time as him. Uh, <laughs> uh, what a character he was. <laughs> uh, no, it was hilarious. I mean, the people who worked there enjoyed it. Um, oh, my goodness. Mr. Steinbrenner used to always say he really owed um, Jerry Seinfeld a big debt of gratitude. He says, if it wasn't for Jerry Seinfeld, my grandkids wouldn't know who I am. Oh, that's Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. So, a stint with the Yankees. And, and, uh, and then what happened? So, um, then I was, I heard from a few different places that Naples was happening. There was a lot of growth here. Mm. Um, and I had come down to visit one time. When I rode around, I couldn't believe I mean, how nice the Naples area was. It wasn't the typical retirement communities that I had mm. seen elsewhere. Um, and so I started sending resumes out. I got a job here that started January of 98 um, and never looked back. Um, January, I mean, Naples is great. I love the East Coast. All my friends and family are over there. But there's yeah. the West Coast is special. Um, yeah. And and the things that happen on the East Coast that we don't like, all the overgrowth and all the craziness, yeah. I really don't think will ever happen on this coast. Yeah. Fingers crossed, but I'm with you. Yeah, it's a, our daughter's over in the East Coast, so we get over there on a regular basis, and it's a, 
it, it's a different world over there. It's still, hey, it's great. It's Florida, but yeah, we're we're at, we might as well be a different state or a different country on the West Coast side. Uh, right. When someone complains about how tough seventy five becomes, I said, you know, hop on alligator rally, spend some quality time on ninety five. Yeah. Back and realize that you know, as bad as this is, it's still a blessing. Uh, it's like uh, you know. I, I go from alligator alley to 95 and it's like, man, I'm like a, a turtle. I want to go into my shell. You know, it's like, whoa, cars whizzing by and construction and lanes closed and debris. And it's like, whoa, get me off of this thing. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So jumping back to uh, Lions title and trust. So, man, that was a fun diversion there. Um, Miss misconceptions. What do you hear in your industry that you can speak to? Um, it's just people don't appreciate sometimes the difference until they're in the middle of it, what the better closing firms do and those that don't, I mean, we're, we're committed to having a really strong team or we have people who, because they live it every day, they understand how important it is. To yeah. be able to really be diligent and cross T's, dot I's. <clears throat> the closing process is complex. There's a lot involved. Um, <clears throat> but our job is to make it very easy for the people we work with. Um, and that includes the buyers and the sellers, the real estate agents, the loan officers. You know, we're the title company is <clears throat> the axle and all the spokes come to it in a transaction. Um and it's at first for people to get into it, it's a bit daunting. And then once you get control and you realize that you have the ability to facilitate a transaction that is otherwise complex, but actually make it easier for everyone involved, it becomes a very rewarding process. Um, I think the people who are in this industry, you don't see a lot of people quitting and walking away because I think once they get good at it, they enjoy it. I mean, and they'll stay with it until they retire. Um, there's, few other areas where I think you get as much sense of accomplishment. You know, you're helping people realize dreams. You know, at a closing, somebody's moving here. They, they, they've been dreaming about that retirement home. They, they want that winter home. Or they're upgrading from a smaller home to a bigger home. And, and, and you're there. You're part of it. Um, on the commercial side, you know, we help developers who have business plans. Um, we, you know, about a year ago, we helped one of my clients um, purchased 375 lots up in Charlotte County. Mm. <clears throat> they have dreams what's going to go with those lots, what's going to happen. And to be part of that is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's a fun industry to be in, um, but you got to be ready to cross these dot eyes. Second part is you have to have, you can't have thin skin. <laughs> um, there are people who in the heat of the moment will get upset and, because something happens wrong and inspection comes back wrong, or yeah. if you're a borrower and the bank comes back and needs you to provide what you feel is all the same information you gave them three months ago. <laughs> yes. uh, a lot of times when they're venting, they're, they, they take it out on some of the innocent victims who are collateral here, but for my team, we expect that. We know yeah. it and then we walk them through, we kind of reassure them that it's gonna be okay and then and we don't make sure by getting information on the front end of a transaction, meaning as soon as a contract hits, we're aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, 
a lot of other title companies have different closing teams and those teams handle files. Our office here, we have different phases of groups. We have people who handle new contracts that come in. That's all their job is. Their job is not to handle post-closing. They don't do the closing work. That way we're always making sure as new contracts arrive, they never get put to the side and we'll get mm -hmm. to tomorrow or next week as soon as we get these other closings done, um, which is really important because that's how you find out if there are any surprises, any issues that nobody was expecting. Sellers and buyers. I mean, a lot of times sellers don't know that there might be a title issue out there. They, they've lived in their home for many, many years. Yeah. Um, it, some of the storms over the past few years um, have led to stricter and more stringent um, surveying and rule requirements. So some of our subdivisions, there are a lot of patios, um, lanai's that encroach on drainage easements that 15, oh. 20 years ago, nobody cared about. Um, and, and, and it was never an issue. And today it's become much more sensitive. And so someone who's owned the home for 15 years finds out that now they got a buyer who is objecting to the fact that there's this encroachment. We're mm -hmm. going to have to go into a homeowner association and appeal and see if we can get a variance. Hopefully it's just the homeowner association, not a city or a county issue. Um, but if you don't know about those things until two weeks before closing, you can imagine the stress level goes through the roof. So we jump on those right away. Even if a closing is six or seven months out, we don't put that stuff in the back burner. We jump on it. Um, yeah. We uh, we actually have something that most title companies don't have. We have a closing transaction coordinator. Um, yeah, she's an amazing lady who works with us, but she helps facilitate buyers getting applications in. She helps facilitate inspections. Um, those are usually things that often real estate agents um, have to fill in that void. And so hmm. a lot of the agents we work with really appreciate the fact that we give them that extra support that we'll jump in and we can help with that. Um, and we're blessed to have someone who has been doing this for years. And so she joined our team a few years ago and, and allows just extra level of service that you don't find that the closing agents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. A lot of moving parts. Number one, you, and you started this with the fact that, yeah, my translation of, uh, you don't know, uh, from a title company, how good they are until there's a problem, right. You know, and, and, uh, uh, the fact that, that what you guys have done and, and your experience has allowed probably many of your clients to go through it. Like, Oh, this is a breeze and title, you know, piece of cake. That must be easy, but you're, it's like the duck swimming, right? You know, the duck's moving. It looks easy. <laughs> well, when the duck is swimming in calm water, it all looks easy. Right. Um, and that's one of the things that coming out of the recession and the things that had hit us back in 2000, um, we realized that we need to be prepared for when the market get strong or even there's a lot of might be volatility or a lot of volume happening. Um, so when the market has some decent volume, everybody looks like they're competent. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of problems out there. But this past year and a half, I think we've really highlighted ourselves because mm -hmm. we had prepared ourselves for the last 15 years for having a really robust market like we did for the last year and a half, two years. Um, it's ironic that COVID kicked this all off, but um, we've been as busy as we were back in the early 2000s when we had all those phony 
loans bringing yeah. people in and buying property. A great thing now is we're busy as then, but all the people buying today are end users um, who have the financial strength and wherewithal to buy the property. So mm. we we don't see concerns about a big bubble coming or anything like it did back then because the people buying today are not going to be defaulting. Mm. Awesome. So how about outside of the business? What are you doing for fun? Um, well, <laughs> my oldest son's 28. My uh, youngest is uh, 12 years old and she's in sixth grade and we've got oh my goodness. And so family keeps us busy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping one point we'll start playing my guitar again more often, but uh, it's don't have as much time as I'd like right now. I've got family and business. Okay. I mean, life is good. I have no complaints. And yet, yet. Plenty of opportunity down here to play in public. So uh, looking forward to the the next phase. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm planning on it. How about when it comes to a, uh, a hardship or a life challenge? What comes to mind a period of time that you were challenged, you got through it? Now looking back, you can say, well, because of that, better for it, I'm stronger. Now, it has to be the devastation of um, the economy in uh, the 2000s. I mean... We came out the other end and I knew at the time and I would tell some of my clients from business that, you know, it, whatever it takes, survive. I mean, cut corners, do what you have to do, get as skinny as you have to, but get through the other end because anybody who survives through this downturn is going to walk out with a level of credibility that's off the charts because this is the most daunting thing we'll ever see in our lifetime. And so we pretty much 2005, we're, Wilma came through. And mm -hmm. I was representing, we do a lot of buyers and sellers, but we were also representing a big developer and who was doing a lot of residential sales. Mm -hmm. When the lights came back on after Wilma, there was 3,000 people on a waiting list that, for all these different subdivisions that oh. were out there. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I don't know if you remember, back in the early 2000s, developers didn't even have showrooms or model homes anymore because people were throwing contracts at them because of all the phony loans. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, the lights come on after Wilma and nobody came back. I mean, residential real estate shut down in 05, which eventually led to the market crashing in 08. That's, yeah. um, so in 2008, I mean, we'd had three years of very little volume, not many closings in 08. It all stopped altogether. I mean, if we had two or three, files on our shelf for closings coming up wow you know and we had people we were trying to you know keep employed we want to we want to take care of our team you know our, our team, you know they've been loyal to us and we want to be loyal back and so it was tough and we went through it but we we, we survived we made it through um we found a way to cut corners um yeah. And, you do what you have to do, right? Yeah. Well, you know, everybody's balance sheet went upside down. We all suffered different financial issues, um, but we pulled it off. And so I, I that, that's the most important thing I think we've ever done. And my kids got to see it. A lot of them were younger. You know, trips to Disney disappeared. Summer uh, <laughs> vacations were gone. Um, you know, yeah. you just you had to do what you had to do. But yep. they saw it, and we never sat there and felt sorry for ourselves. Good for you. I mean, that's a great, great lesson. And uh, yeah, life is a journey and we learn from all aspects. So thanks for sharing that, Richard. How about 
one thing you wish our listeners knew about Lions title and trust, what would that be? Well, it's just, we bring all our family's experience to this. Um, so I, I was, I went, as I mentioned earlier, when I went to law school, I got my MBA at the same time. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. So I looked at things and I realized, okay, how do we take what we've done in the past, but do it better than it's been done. And, and that's where we look outside for our processes, our operations. Um, our auditing system here is among the very best in the industry. We keep getting rewards from underwriters that are, our escrow accounting is um, excellent. We have a full-time escrow officer and we actually have an assistant. I mean, very few mm. closing agents um, that are as small as we are, and we're about two or three offices and that's it, would have a full-time escrow officer. And we actually have two people who just do escrow work for us. Um, we have a lot of computers and operations. We work with our banks every day to make sure um, we're, we're constantly monitoring that. And so it's, it's an example. I mean, it's, it's important because your money is held by our firm and our escrow account. And to know that we value and take care of it um, as everybody should, but we, we do it. I mean, to make sure that I sleep well at night, knowing <laughs> everyone's assets are protected. Um, and so I said, it's an example of the commitment we make um, and that's one that gets hidden. People don't see that generally. And um, what they do see is when problems arise, we can address them and try to work through them and, and help people get solutions to problems that occur. So we get the closings on time. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, I know we have listeners who want to learn more, want to get in touch. What's the best way for them to do so? Um, we have two offices well we have three but we have a collier county phone number and then we have a charlotte county phone number um and right now i'm drawing a blank on our port charlotte number on me but uh why, why are you sure the one it's lions-title.com all of our contact information is there yeah and i'm going to share your phone numbers because i come prepared now because if you were to ask me richard Charlie, what's your office phone number so I can share it with my guest? I'd be 239. I don't know. I don't know. No. Um, so I always come prepared because this happens all the time on the show because business owners don't call themselves. Uh, we have better things to do. So your Collier and Lee County phone number is 239. Tell me if this sounds familiar. 239-444-5900. That's and then, All right. All right. And then we have... Uh, is it Charlotte County? Is it's actually South Sarasota, so South, we're okay. right on the border. So we take care of um, like the Punta Gorda, Charlotte County area, and South Sarasota County. Awesome, awesome. So that's nine four one eight seven six three one five five. Yeah. Did you write those down for future? Yeah. No, it's a, <laughs> I've got a uh, three businesses here with three different accounts. We have we have executive <laughs> offices where I'm at. I got the law office and then we have the title company. Oh my goodness. And even my family, I don't even know my kids' numbers because I always press their yes. face on yes. phones today. I mean, it's like when I was a kid, I knew all my friends' phone oh my numbers. Goodness. I could spit them off in a second. And today yeah. all you do is hit a face. You're right. You're right. Yeah, my wife had her uh, her phone died and she was like, what's Aaron's phone number? I'm like, no idea. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the world we live in. Uh, so we got your phone numbers out. 
uh, certainly uh, uh, for our listeners, uh, get on over there and, and uh, check out Lines, Title, and Trust. Richard, really appreciate you spending time with us, sharing your story. Man, it was fun. And uh, I got to go watch a few more episodes of uh, Seinfeld, man. You're piquing my interest again. Yeah, the Yankees are doing great this year, so uh, yeah, best record in baseball. Yeah, although they passed they passed on a uh, Joe Girardi to the Phillies, and uh, we had to boot him out uh, recently because he just wasn't cutting it. So what's the deal? Was he was uh, was he as good as they set up in the Yankees, or should he have brought in more World Series? Uh, he's a class act. Yeah, um, yeah, I was like there when he was catching, and he was. So and I think he's a really smart guy. So hopefully, yeah. I mean, I expect he's going to have a lot of success. Um, yeah. Well, he does well. Uh, I, I, what, what, what was he on ESPN or one of those networks? Uh, so he's got all kinds of options. He deserves yeah. them. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I talk about a class act. Uh, uh, they. I listened to the interview he did after he got fired, and and it was just just like you know just like great guy and like hey you know it's the industry and you know you, you almost like hey the wins dictate the job and if you're not winning you know hey i'd fire myself you know kind of was his response so, uh, you don't hear that too often you know it's it's uh it's nice for people to take responsibility and uh yeah he'll do well all right so go phillies yankees eh. And uh, you have a great day. (laughs) Thank you. You do the same. Okay. Take care. Enjoy myself. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.